I'm gonna give a shout out to chapter 14 for being a lot shorter than the last few chapters. That's really nice of you, chapter 14. Thanks for that. Alright, let's fucking go. Alright, chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge, which sounds like the name of, like, a Keebler elf or something. That's the name of the chapter, though. Don't know who that is. Probably find out. So the chapter starts with, like, a recap of Hagrid's relationship with weird creatures, in case we forgot. And so then Harry and Ron and Bossy Girl start talking about the sort of moral implications of what they're going to do about this Hagrid knowledge. So Ron takes the position that Riddle is a snitch, and Bossy Girl's like, um, Hagrid fucking got someone killed, so like, slow your roll, Mr. Code of the Streets over here. And so they're like, okay, maybe we should confront Hagrid about this, and then they're like, nah, that'd be bad etiquette. Let's continue to ignore the issue and hope it goes away. And so then they wait for like four months, and again, apparently nothing of interest or note happens in those four months. But then all of the second-year students have to choose their third-year curriculum. Like, I guess you start specializing around this time, and they have to choose their electives or whatever. And it says the bossy girl chooses them all? Like, usually the way that it works is that you're forced to choose among them, but, like, everybody has the same amount. But apparently you can just be like, nah, I want to take all all the classes. Or you could be like, I only want to take, like, one. They just, they don't even care. And so Harry does what, like, most 13-year-olds do, which is just choose all the same classes that Ron chooses. And then he talks weirdly about, like, hating his aunt and uncle or something. And then there's, like, this really bizarre paragraph that talks about uh, the weird sad kid who lost his toad. And they're like, um, he doesn't know what classes to take either. And then it just moves on. Like, it's, it's the most out-of-place shit ever. It's seriously just, like, might as well just be like, hey, just remember that kid? Remember that kid? He, he still matters to this story somehow. So let's throw him in there. And then... Uh, Harry goes back to his room to get ready for some goddamn Quidditch, and he sees the weird sad kid who lost his toad again, and weird sad kid who lost his toad tells him, it wasn't me, I swear. And so, and Harry's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then Harry sees that his room has just been, like, completely trashed, and all the shit's all broken and ripped apart. And my favorite part about this is that weird sad kid who lost his toad, like, felt the need to clarify that he had nothing to do with it. Like, dude, there's... Literally no way anyone would think you're capable of having anything to do with this. Harry has several actual enemies, and you are the world's wettest blanket, but thanks for the clarification. And then the main thing is that uh, Harry's book, or the, the riddle book, is, is missing, so someone stole that. And so this leads Harry into, like, the dumbest conundrum. He's like, I can't report the theft, because then I'd have to come clean about knowing Hagrid is the bad guy. And this is another weird thing where it's just like the obvious solution is to just withhold some bit of information from anyone that asks. But Harry like refuses to or is too dumb to realize that he can do that. And so it's this completely weirdly manufactured dilemma that has a very easy and obvious solution that Harry for some reason is too dumb to realize is an easy and obvious solution, which is to just not talk about the fact that, ha that Hagrid 
is the one. And if someone else finds that out, that's great, but you don't need to be the snitch. What the fuck? And so then he's walking back, and he hears some more Fury of Five lyrics. And he's like, these fucking guys again? And so he's like, I hear it again. No time for love, just time to kill, just time to kill. And Ron is like, I don't hear shit. And Bossy Girl is like, oh, I know what this is, but instead of explaining it to you, I am going to build some dramatic tension for no fucking reason and just leave to go to the library without saying anything more. I hope nothing bad happens to me. Like, good luck with those weird voices that I now have an explanation for, but that I'm tortuously going to withhold from you for no reason whatsoever. And so then Harry and his team is about to play Quidditch uh, against the Poof Souffles. But Professor Catwoman is like, it's canceled. And it's like, oh, thank God. No Quidditch. And then Catwoman is like, oh, but not so fast, Mr. Potter. You and Ron have to come with me. And everybody else is has to go and be sad about something that we're going to tell you about later. So they go with Professor Catwoman and they see where the trouble is. And the trouble is the, uh, the Ravenclaw girl that they asked for directions on the night that they became Krabby and Pickles. She is frozen. And you know who else is frozen is fucking Posse Girl. And next to them is a small round mirror. Because this book fucking loves mirrors, man. Probably because it's like the cheapest, easiest metaphor of all time. So they're just like, oh, mirror. It's Look into yourself. And so, of course, the school goes like fucking full-on police state. Even though the other kids being petrified didn't warrant this for some reason. They're like, no, this is the, this is the straw right here. These attacks mean... Everybody is in for the night, you know, we're on lockdown, don't, don't leave unless you have, like, an invisibility cloak or something. And then we get some good old-fashioned lampshading when some random kid named Lee Jordan is like, why doesn't Hogwarts just kick out all the Slytherin? It's like, yeah, dude, I've been saying that shit. And everybody's, like, clapping and cheering. Like, how is this the first time this is coming up? And so Harry and Ron are like, what do we do? We need to talk to Hagrid but we aren't allowed out of the tower at night. Let's use, I don't know, the exact same thing we used at this point in the last book, the invisibility cloak. And they're like, great. So we are going to sneak out and go find Hagrid using the invisibility cloak, which is literally the exact same thing that happened in the last book. And so they sneak out and go find Hagrid and they knock on his door and he answers all angrily with a crossbow pointed at them. And then that pig dog thing is like barking at them. And then he recognizes them. and He's like, oh, hello. And they're like, uh, why were you answering the door like a fucking paranoid Minuteman? And he's like, no reason. And so they start talking, and they're like, okay, yo, you, you hear about Bossy Girl? And Hagrid's like, yeah, that's crazy, man. And they're like, yeah. And then another knock happens on the door, very conveniently, which is really weird because the, the scene of them talking to Hagrid in his room is like maybe 15 seconds. And... Did they not see the people coming behind them? Like, how, how is it possible that they missed these other visitors to Hagrid's place this whole time? But anyway, there's a knock at the door, and they hide again in their invisibility cloak, and Hagrid answers the door, and it's Mumblecore. And Mumblecore brought along his friend, and it's that Keebler elf guy. But the Keebler elf guy is dressed like a pimp from the 70s for some reason. And it doesn't explain why that's a thing that happens, but it is. And then Ron is like, oh, that's my dad's boss. The Keebler Elf guy is my dad's boss. You're not supposed to talk, dude. You're, you're hiding. You're invisible. You're in a corner. And he's just like, he's like, that's my dad's boss. But it says like he breathed it, which I don't know how you can breathe the sentence. That's my dad's boss exclamation mark. But he did apparently. And Harry like nudged him to be quiet. And it's like, 
they heard you. You are literally in the corner of this, like, one-room thing. There's, like, I, this makes no fucking sense. And so then the Keebler Elf and Mumblecore are talking, and the Keebler Elf tells Hagrid that, like, here's the thing, we're, we have to take you to Whizpraise just as a precaution. And then the Keebler Elf says, if someone else is caught, you'll be let out with a full apology. Which is, like, literally a thing that happens to people who are convicted. Like, that's not a precaution, dude. That's, you're just convicting him without a trial. So I failed to see how this isn't just a massive violation of Hagrid's due process rights. What's going on with the Whizpriz, with the wizard world's criminal justice system? What the fuck is up with that? It doesn't exist, apparently. There's no, there's no probable cause for this. They're just like, bad things are happening, and 50 years ago, you did some bad things. So, fuck you. We're throwing you in jail. But don't worry, because it's just a precaution. Not like it is exactly identical to how prison would actually work if you were convicted. And Mumblecore is, like, all sad about it. And then uh, there's another knock at the door, and who is it but luscious Dracula Man. And he comes in, and it's like, who the fuck invited you? And Hagrid's like, get out of my house. And luscious Dracula Man is like, you call this a house? I'm a rich guy, fuck you. And it's really rude. And then he's like, Mumblecore, you're fired. I have this note that says your time is up, and you couldn't stop all the attacks, and so... The 12 motherfuckers who oversee this shit are all on board with you being let go. And Hagrid's like, well, that's only because you blackmailed them. And Luscious Dracula Man is like, ah, well, nevertheless. And so then they're all leaving, and Hagrid is like, yo, so if anyone wants to learn about some motherfucking stuff, they should just follow the spiders. Just, that's all I'm going to say. It's just, you want, you want to learn about some stuff? Just follow the spiders. And I, no one has any idea what the fuck he's talking about. And they're like, okay, dude, whatever you say, man. Then he's like, also, I hope someone remembers to feed my pig dog. And he, like, almost, like, winks at the invisible Harry and Ron. And that's the end of the chapter. So we got um, some, like, some palace intrigue. We got some, like, you know, like, Mumblecore is out. And, uh, and Luscious Dracula Man is, like, you know, throwing his weight around. And then we got, like, a weird pimp guy. And Hagrid is going to Whispers. So a lot of exciting stuff happened. Uh, none of it was all that exciting, actually. Wasn't that good. But I do want to talk about the book's humor for a second. I think it's important to analyze what's going on with the humor. And I think that this is as good of a place as any to, to talk about it. And I think the, the thing about the humor in this book is that it's, um, it's not very funny. 